0: Welcome to another edition of from The Preacher's Study. Uh, My name is Kevin Clark, and I, along with my friend, colleague, and the preacher here at the Old Mountain Church of Christ, Bob Hutto, have the privilege of discussing some things from God's Word with you. Uh, Many of you have been with us several times for a long period of time. We were talking a while ago, not sure what episode we're on or exactly how much time has transpired. It's been a while. It's been a labor of love and uh, cannot tell you how much we appreciate the feedback that we get. Some of that's online. Some of that's in person here from our own members. But it is amazing that people are truly reacting to God's Word, and we're so very thankful for that. Uh, All glory goes to God for his word that really changes the lives of those people who are willing to be changed. And we're so very thankful for this format that we have to present these things. And uh, in our congregation, it uh, comes down to a couple of gentlemen, uh, Mark Towns and Jason Reed, two of our deacons here who lend their talents and their abilities to help make this possible. And uh, we've said many times, if we're left to Bob and I, we could not get this (laughs) off the ground. But we're so very thankful that they are willing to help out and serve and that their family are willing to make the sacrifice of lending them to us for this period of time
1: Bob just appreciate the opportunity uh, you know social media and I guess this would be included in that broad right. term social media gets a bad reputation and rightfully so in lots of ways but but we're using this technology for good we're trying our best to do that and we're it enables us to reach a lot of people uh, at least I mean potentially a whole lot of people. And so we're just uh, glad we we have this uh, ability to do this. We have mm-hmm. this format available to us. We're trying to take advantage of it and, and get the word out. And and we hope that it will affect people's lives. Amen.
0: Well, as I said earlier, we, we are in the Beatitudes, in Matthew chapter 5 in particular. And uh, I, I had a conversation with somebody recently that I thought was interesting I wanted to share. And I think a lot of people suffer from this. And we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago. So some people think that that really what you have in the Beatitudes are different camps of people. And so we try to find which camp do I belong in? Am I the poor in spirit? Am I the the mourning? Am I the meek? Am I the merciful? And yet we've made the point over and over again that these are not different groups of people, but a description of the same person, i.e. a citizen of God's kingdom, we've got to have all of these attributes to some degree. Now, we've said that some of us may be farther along the continuum than others with particular attributes. Some of these attributes come easier to us than others but it's not a situation where we can kind of pick and choose from a smorgasbord you know i'd like to have some turnip greens not collards i'd like to have some mashed potatoes not mac and cheese now you've got to have all of these things and so we want us to engage in a very honest examination first of all what are these attributes you can't evaluate whether you have them unless you understand what they are and once you have that understanding then applying it to yourself and saying you know does this describe me and if it doesn't why not and what can i do to to correct that and work on that and again the the point that you made in the last podcast these are things that we develop and that we learn so they're they're not i wouldn't call them naturally occurring right. uh, the natural state of man is not poor in spirit mourning meek and That's th- right. that sort of thing but you can work on these things and god has given us the tools that we have uh, to do that so any introductory comments along those lines
1: well the next one i'm going to look at is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness yeah. and so uh, just ready to get into that Amen. and just talk about that and develop that desire to, to do right
0: and to be right in the sight of God. And Absolutely. So, so let's launch into it. Let's do it. Uh, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. And first of all, I love that the terminology to hunger and thirst. You think about it, those are two of the strongest desires that we have in our physical bodies. Certainly we've all been in situations where we've gone for a period of time without eating and we're very hungry. We're very focused on that. We really want that that food, we desire that food, we think about that food, or maybe it is that you've been thirsty, you've been outside, you've been doing some exercise or doing some other work for a long period of time, and you just yearn and long for that nice cold glass of ice water that would really just make you feel good. And I like that terminology describes how we are to feel for righteousness righteousness being right in the eyes of god being morally correct being justified in the eyes of god this desire of being pleasing to god if you will so think about how strong of a statement that is that i'm just yearning and hungering and desiring for my life to be in accord with god's will to be right morally to be correct uh, righteousness is something that the Bible talks a lot about in terms of how important it is for us to pursue it. Let's turn over to 1 John, a couple of passages I want to bring to our attention as we think about hungering and thirsting after righteousness. 1 John chapter 2, and uh, begin began with verse 28. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, a reference to Jesus, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, You know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. And so Jesus, there's no question that he is righteous. And we want to be born of Christ, born of Jesus. So we've got to be like him. It's very similar to the idea that when God says, I am holy, you ought to be holy. Same thing. If Jesus is righteous, and he is, then we ought to, and I like this, practice righteousness, right. which suggests that that can be a way of life. That's something we can do. We can practice righteousness. Uh, we can practice being morally correct in the eyes of God. We can practice being right in the eyes of God. We can do the things that God would have us to do. A very similar concept, if you jump down, <coughs> excuse me, 1 John chapter 3, verse 7, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. And so, if we want to be righteous, <coughs> you have to, excuse me, sorry about that, we have to practice righteousness. It's something that we have to do. We can't claim to be righteous and live evil. And we have some people that do that sometimes. Oh, you know, I'm a righteous person, but I live all kinds of ways. But God understands because, you know, we're sinners and, and, and we're weak and we fail. Well, we, we do have frailties. We do miss the mark. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God expects us to practice righteousness. He says, if you're going to be righteous, you're going to have to do this. This is the hallmark. This is the characteristic of somebody who is righteous. Any thoughts on that? So Philippians chapter
1: 3 talks about righteous righteousness maybe from a different perspective. He says, uh, Paul says, I want to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. And so God God makes us Mm -hmm. righteous. We're unrighteous because of our sin, but when our sins are forgiven, when they're washed away through the blood of Christ, we uh, as believers turn from sin, we're baptized in the name of Jesus, our sins are washed away. God makes us right with Himself. He Mm -hmm. makes us righteous. But then, as you said, we have an obligation then to to be righteous, to do righteousness or practice righteousness. And so it's kind of like Okay, I've made you righteous. Right. Now do righteous. Mm-hmm. Do do what's right. Amen. And so Matthew 6 talks about that as well. Beware of practicing your mm-hmm. righteousness before men to be noticed by them. And so righteousness is something we are because right. God has made us that way, but it's also something we do. Amen. as a result of being becoming
0: a righteous person through God's
1: work within
0: us. That's a great point. I I thought about Ephesians uh, chapter 6 when we talk about the armor of God that we're supposed to put on to be strong in his might. One of the aspects of that armor is the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 14, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And putting on the breastplate, you think about the breastplate, it's very important. It protects the heart, right? And uh, that's a very vulnerable part of our body. He says you need to put on a breastplate of righteousness. And, And I would say that certainly it entails what you were talking about, the idea of the righteousness we have through obedience to the gospel, that God makes us righteous. But there's also a sense in which, we Mm -hmm. need to practice righteousness and that needs to be a part of our lifestyle and we can practice righteousness doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be perfect doesn't mean necessarily we're going to be sinless but that can be the arc of our life that we really pursue and notice that's the point here he who hungers and thirsts for righteousness that's what i desire now think about that if you desire just fervently to be right with god probably going to end up being more right with God than the person who doesn't care, who's lackadaisical about it, who's cavalier. So it's just this whole desire of wanting something. When I think about that, I can't help but think about back in the Old Testament, Psalm 42, the idea of hungering and thirsting for things. Uh, It's just such a strong uh, description of our attitude and our desire. Uh, Psalm 42, and we'll begin with verse 1. The Bible says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And again, just that language of panting for water, thirsting for God, just this desire for wanting something, it's the same concept over here when we talk about righteousness. It's a basic need. It's driving us. We're hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Now, one thing I want to contrast that with is, is look at the world and and the world unfortunately hungers and thirsts after things but not after righteousness now for one of the things i thought about is uh, how many people hunger and thirst after physical things and riches and wealth and you know we're warned about that in first timothy chapter 6 let's turn over there real quick and kind of make the comparison and the contrast between hunger and thirsting for righteousness and hunger and thirsting for other things first timothy chapter 6 and verse 6 now godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out and having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Again, I want to contrast in in matthew 5 we're talking about hungering and thirsting for righteousness being right with god being correct having the righteousness of god here we've got people who are desiring what money they love money they worship money they go after money and what does the bible say that's the root of all kinds of evil. there are all kinds of problems that come from that and he says even those who are christians have lost their faith because they desire those things so you know we're all going to desire something some people desire money some people desire fame some people desire pleasure uh, but the Lord says the thing that you need to focus on is being right in my eyes, being right wise, being uh, morally correct and hunger after that and thirst after that and not hunger and thirst after all these secular things that really amount to nothing in the grand scheme of things.
1: And I, I just think in our, in our world, maybe I should just speak for myself. If I if I'm a little late for a meal, I think I'm hung, I think I'm hungry. <laughs> right. uh, and you know, right. but but in the ancient world and other parts of our world, uh, I mean, there's true true hunger. Uh, people don't necessarily eat That's three right. meals a day. Sometimes people don't eat every day. You know, might, might eat every other day or something right. like that. And so they they truly know what it's like to right. be thirsty or to be hungry, and they just have that that driving desire to be satisfied to to, to feed on. The nourishment, and so what we want to do is we want to feed on, mm-hmm. have that driving desire, that hunger, that thirst to learn more, to mm-hmm. do more, to, to be more um, what God would have us to be. Right. And so just that that just that strong desire. I think about uh, Zacchaeus as yes, kind yes. of maybe an illustration uh-huh. yep. to show that in Luke chapter nineteen. Mm-hmm. Remember Zacchaeus, mm-hmm. he he wanted to see Jesus, but remember he's small in stature, right, and there's right. a big crowd, and so. Right his yeah you know, he he just was having a difficult time but he had that strong desire you right. know I, I want to see Jesus and you can he may be trying to look through the crowd and so what he ends up doing is climbing up in a tree right he just he just won't be stopped that's right he has that strong desire and so we're going to face obstacles things are going to get in our way they're going right. to inhibit us but if we have that strong desire to be right well we'll find a way some right. way we'll find a way and so and, and Jesus promises you'll be satisfied. Amen. That Amen. Hunger, Amen. You that hunger. You'll find it. You'll be satisfied.
0: Well, that's the next point run out of time I want to focus on that it says for they shall be filled. So there's nothing more miserable than hungering and thirsting and not being satisfied. You stay in that state. But the Bible is saying, no, no, no. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they're going to be filled. They're going to be satisfied. They're going to get what they're looking for. And you think about with God's Word and all the blessings that come from studying God's Word, knowing God's Word, and implementing God's Word in our life, you're going to get that growth and being right with God. I think about what the Apostle Paul told Timothy over in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and when he was instructing him as a young man, and and listen to these words. Let no one despise your youth, verse 12. But be an example to the believers in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith and purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. Now listen to this. That your progress may be evident to all, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, continue them, for in doing this you will say both yourself and those who hear you. So Paul says you need to not neglect the reading of God's word. You need to study God's word, you need to meditate on God's word. And if you really give yourself entirely to these things, the idea of pursuing, the same way we hunger and thirst after these things, you know. What does he say is going to happen? Your progress may be evident to all. What is that? That's spiritual growth. And not only is it spiritual growth going to take place, it's going to be evident to everybody around us. So if we hunger and thirst after righteousness being right in the eyes of God and we pursue the mechanism God has given to fill that, we're going to be filled we're going to grow spiritually and we're going to become more spiritually minded. We're going to be better at controlling ourselves. We're going to be better at controlling our lusts. We're going to be more spiritually minded. We're going to be better at resisting the temptations of the devil. We're going to be mightier in the scripture. We're going to understand the word better and be able to use it better to uh, convict the gainsayer all of these things we will get what we're looking for if we seek them with that kind of single-minded focus and determination seek you first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things be added to you
1: just just imagine a situation where you have a person who uh, maybe he doesn't feel the sensation of hunger mm-hmm. when, when he goes without food for a while you know we all get mm-hmm. hungry our right. stomach growls and we but what but what if we didn't feel that sensation right. we're we're not getting enough nourishment, Well, we don't realize we're not right. getting enough nourishment. That's a great point. What's what's the the, the result of that's yeah. going to be? Is it's going to be disaster? Right. It's going to be death, yeah, really. Death. That's right. If it's not addressed, that's the that's the situation we have in the world that's so it. often. That's it. Yeah, people that are starving to death yeah. spiritually, yes. and yet they don't realize it. Yeah, they, they don't they don't feel the point. the urge, that sensation of hunger. And so, if uh, we can reach out to them and introduce them to the Word, maybe that'll trigger that that desire and they'll begin to hunger and thirst after
0: righteousness the way they need to. You know, this is just a small example, and I don't want to reduce the Scripture to this because I don't think it, it's limited to this, but certainly desiring God's Word would be a part of that. And I've talked to some people who have, had really started out maybe kind of almost forcing themselves to study God's Word and being disciplined and not really wanting to do it, but doing it anyway because they knew it was good for them. And as the more and more they studied, the more and more they started to get involved, the more and more they became... Uh, Uh, I guess in with God's Word, it kind of got a hold of them. And so it would start out maybe 15 minutes a day and then maybe that morphs to 30 minutes a day. Maybe it's a lunch break. Maybe it's in the evening. Next thing you know, they can't get enough of God's Word. I talked to a guy about that. He he got so bad he could barely do work because he was so (laughs) desirous of God's Word. And so I encourage people to be like that, to to want more and more of God's Word. But it is sometimes, let's be honest, for some, especially if you come from a carnal perspective, it's an acquired taste. It's something you will have to discipline yourself. But I guarantee you, you spend more and more time with this Word, you'll find yourself hungering and thirsting right. for it and other aspects of being right in the eyes of God. Again, I don't want to reduce it only to Bible study, but that is an aspect of it. Right. So many people have, have
1: found the answers to their challenges in, in the Word. Right. And, you know, the world is looking for answers. Yeah. Okay, they're they're right here. They're right. in the Word. And if we can devote ourselves to that, we, we can live a blessed life. Amen. Uh, and we can be Content, and we can be satisfied. We can be right with God, right. and uh, for that reason, that that brings us an inner joy that that really doesn't depend on the ups and downs of life.
0: Well, and, and we've talked about this in other contexts. You know, we, we all desire something more, and we kind of have a sense. And, and people try to drown their sorrows, or maybe pursue fame and wealth, and and it's all empty. The writer of Ecclesiastes told us that yeah. it's all vanity. And this is the one thing that feels, this is the one thing you can pursue that lasts, that really is satisfying. And so we want to get people directed to God's word and God and having a relationship and growing and developing uh, in his love and his care. Well, We've run out of time. Uh, we thank you for your time and attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we said, practically speaking, look at this examine yourself where do you fall on these things and if you find yourself falling short which i think all of us will at some level you have something to work on you got some homework that's and right. we can continue to develop that. and that's the thing that's exciting about it is wherever we are we can get better and god that's has right. given us those tools and so don't get too down on yourself you'll continue to grow continue to develop have the goal every day i want to be more and more like this and if you continue to do that then things will go well for you in the end we always want to end our podcast with a word of prayer and so brother bob i ask you to lead us in that sure
1: our father in heaven we're thankful for all the good things that you do for us we bow before you at this time and we acknowledge your greatness your 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 great grace your mercy your compassion your generosity we acknowledge your wisdom and your power your strength all of those things your we acknowledge your worthiness father your worthiness of our worship and adoration at the same time father we recognize our own weakness and uh, our own unworthiness to, to be your children, to come before you. And yet, you invite us to be your children. You want us to come to you and express ourselves to you. And so, Father, we ask you at this time to hear our prayer. We're thankful for the word that you've given to us that has revealed your will to us so that we might live a life that's pleasing and acceptable to you. That's our greatest desire in life, Father, is to to please you and to uh, to do your will in our life in, in the world. Help us, Father, to conform our lives to the teaching that we find in the Scripture. Help us to be poor in spirit. Help us to mourn. Help us to be meek. Help us to develop this hunger and thirst for righteousness. Never, never content, never satisfied with our, our present condition, but always wanting to grow and to develop recognizing that there are areas in our lives where we can improve and, and should improve and need to improve and so help us father to see those and to uh, to improve in those areas father help us to see ourselves as you see us so that we'll see the weaknesses that we have that we'll be able to strengthen them and we'll be able to 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 build on our strengths and our abilities we're thankful that jesus came into the world that he Taught us the way that He showed us the way in His life that uh, we can live to please You. And we are especially thankful, Father, that He gave His life on the cross so that our sins might be forgiven. And help us to live in light of that great sacrifice every day. Help us to keep our eye on heaven. That's where we want to be in Your presence in a world that will never end in Your glory. And so help us, Father, to live in such a way here so that that place will be our home. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen.